Excited tonight, I want to begin a new series entitled It's All About Me. Say that with me. It's all about me. Come on, say that with me. It's all about me. It's all about me. Now, when we're talking about a series, it's all about me. We're not talking about it's all about Pastor P. I'm not meaning it's all about me, and that's what we're going to talk about for a month because how many knows it would take more than a month to talk about Pastor P? And people wouldn't be interested in talking about Pastor P. We're talking about every one of our lives. The title is for each one of us, It's All About Me. I really believe that this series is going to shed so much light upon unexposed areas of our lives. Deep-rooted things that we try to hide, that we try to mask, that we try to push down. Those areas we try to allow to be hidden and try to be out of sight, but those areas that often are that which fuel our lives. Think about the areas so often that fuel our lives. Insecurities. Come on. Unforgiveness. Offense. Come on, the list. Purity. Or the lack of it, perhaps. So many areas in our lives that fuel our lives, and many of them with the wrong fuel. They're propelling us in the wrong direction, causing us to think the wrong thoughts, do the wrong actions, and then find ourselves in the wrong places. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we're going to be dealing with some deep-rooted issues inside of every one of us. Real life issues. Things that we face on a daily basis, those inward battles and struggles. Does anyone have any inward battles and struggles that they face? Come on, I think every one of us has to admit there's some things that we need God's help and some strength in. And I pray that as we go through this, that you can be honest enough with yourself to ask and admit and say to God, you know what, God, I need your help here. I need your strength here. I need your wisdom. But more than that, God, I need victory in this area because I know you don't intend me to live with insecurities. I know, God, you intend not for me to live bound, but you want me to live free. You want me to live, live blessed. But here's the problem we have. Today we're just laying the groundwork. We're going to jump more in on Sunday morning and then the following Wednesday and so on and so on. And it's going to be a great series that you just don't want to miss. But here's the problem that we have so many times is when we do identify the problems, we treat them or we try to deal with them in the wrong way. 
We think we can overcome them or suppress them by turning to what we have called justification. We turn to justification instead of sanctification. And let me just talk, if I may, for a few moments about the difference. Justification presents a comparison of those around or to those who are around us. What do I mean by that? Justification says these words, at least I'm better than they are. At least I'm not as bad and not as involved as what they are. You see, justification never deals with the issue at hand. It just facilitates it. Think about that for a moment. It doesn't deal with it. It just facilitates it as justification justifies it and makes you believe it's okay because at least I'm better than that. Why? Because justification will always find someone worse off that will make you look a whole lot better. Justification is like someone who's got diabetes looking at someone who is terminally sick with cancer and saying, at least I'm not as sick as they are. But the reality is they're both sick. Come on, the reality is you may live with diabetes, you may be dying with terminal cancer, but the reality is you're both sick. Hello? You are both sick. So justification doesn't deal with the issue. It just delays it. It just makes you feel better about yourself. And it makes you think, well, I guess I'm just going to have to keep living with it because it's okay. If we constantly choose and if we want justification, if you want your life to be lined up with justification and you want it to be the standard that you live by, then God must be the point of reference and comparison in your life. If you want to justify your actions, then we must justify them to Him. We don't go down, we need to go up. Because then we'll begin to realize the needs that we have in our lives. For God to work in our lives. But God's not the center. God's not the comparison He's not the one because if he is, then we'll have to deal with our issues. And many people don't want to deal with their issues because to deal with them, you first have to admit that you have them and secondly, have to be willing to make a change. We don't want justification unless we're lining our lives up to Jesus. I'm tired of the justification of those around. But you see, sanctification is a different process. Sanctification is not a comparison, but it's rather a dying to self. Sanctification is falling at the cross and saying, God, I'm not able to do it on my own, but I know that you are able, and because you made a way, you can change my life. Sanctification says, God, I place my hope and trust in you because you are the only one that can be the hope of my life. But it's not just falling there, it's living there. Because sanctification is a process of holiness that God wants to perform in every one of our lives. Cleaning up our lives, taking out those things, drawing out those issues that we face. 
And not just placing them on the back burner, but dealing with them. Having the victory over them. Come on, sanctification is a daily process. It's that which works that God desires to perform inside of every one of us. You know, God's in the changing business. He's sanctifying us. He's changing us. He's refining us. But you know what? Many don't like sanctification because sanctification involves a change. It involves a change. It involves our part as well as his. Hello? It's not just about laying on your bed and praying. It's about putting some feet on those prayers that you're praying. It's about living a life that is pleasing to God. And it involves sanctification, involves the choices and the decisions that I make for my life also. Because sanctification requires you and I being his living sacrifice. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God didn't say, I want you to be perfect. Notice that. He didn't say that. He's not asked for perfection because we're still on the process of sanctification. But He is perfecting us and changing us and transforming us. But He wants us to present our lives, to keep our lives in that process, to remain the course. And do not be conformed to this world, verse 2 says, but be ye transformed. Say that with me, transformed. Come on, God wants to transform us. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the way you think, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That you may prove what is the good, the perfect, and the acceptable Will of God. God's perfect and acceptable will for each one of our lives is not for us to live bound. It's not for us to be governed by these internal issues and the struggles that so often we face. God receives no glory through that. God receives no glory through our life of existence, just making it through. Because that's what it's become to many of us, even as children of God. Just a mere existence, struggling to justify our lives. I'm tired of seeing God's children struggle with issues they have no business to even be a part of. Let me say that one more time. I'm tired of seeing God's children struggling with issues that they have no part of. They have no business to be a part of. If you're not going to say amen, I'm going to amen myself. Because I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of people being held back by insecurities. I'm tired of seeing all these things that the enemy is just robbing children of God from fulfilling that God-given purpose and destiny for their life because of the struggles and the internal struggles and battles that they're facing inside of them. We've got to get to that place Where we say enough is enough. It's not enough for me just to be tired of seeing it. You've got to start saying, I'm tired of it being a part of my life. I'm tired of allowing those things to rule my life. It's time that we say, I'm going to deal with these issues. And I'm going to cut off their head. 
Come on, David didn't just trust in a sling and a stone. David made sure the job was done properly. Come on, he got over that giant and he took that sword out and he cut that head off. Come on, some of us need to decapitate these issues and these things that's in our lives. We knock them down and we knock them down for just a few moments, but we don't put them to death inside of our lives. And at any time they have the capability to rear their ugly head and inflict torment and place us back hiding, running for our lives in the caves, afraid and terrified. We shouldn't have to keep facing the same things over and over again. I want you to turn with me tonight to Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I want to begin reading tonight in verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says these words. But also, for this very reason, give all diligence and add to your faith. Let me read that first part again. But also, for this very reason... Now, as I read this today, I had to ask myself, what reason? Come on, are you with me? It said, but also for this very reason. What reason? Do you know the reason that he's talking about? Does anyone know the reason that he's talking about? I went back and had a look. So why don't we go back tonight and have a look at the reason What he's talking about, because I think we need to discover what this reason is that he's talking about. So let's go back to verse 1, if we could, of 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. And it says these words, Simon Peter, Peter was the one who wrote, obviously, the books of Peter. But Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained or received like precious faith with us, i.e. meaning the faith of the same value, that the same faith that the apostles received and people stood back and went, wow, look what they did. Wow, they were able to do that. He is reminding every one of us that we have received the same faith, the like faith, that that same work of faith is able to be alive inside of our lives. Like precious faith within us, By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, we've all been given a faith in Jesus which makes us right with God. I'm glad about that, aren't you? That we can be right with God. But come on, let's read on. It gets better. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of of Jesus our Lord. The New Living Translation says of verse 2, May God bless you with his special favor and wonderful peace as you come to know Jesus, our God and Lord, better and better. So what do we see? We see that we have a faith that what can grow and we can become better and better. So here's the secret. To know him more and more. But these issues, what we do is, the secret of every one of our lives is to know God more and more and want to know God more and more and have a better and better relationship with Him. But you know what those issues want to do in our lives? They want to drag us away from true relationship with God. 
They place us in the place where we're not worthy or why would God want me? How could God use me? And what do we do? We begin to doubt not only God, but our relationship with him and the faith that we have in him. And instead of getting better and better, we grow further and further away. Let's read on if we could in verse 3. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life. And to godliness. Man, I love that. You should be shouting tonight. His power, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. New Living Translation says, And as we know Jesus better through relationship, his divine power gives us everything for living A godly life. For us tonight to turn around and say, I don't have the power to live a victorious life, we are lying. Because the Bible tells us that through relationship with God, through faith, there's a walk that we should build in and we should walk in that we get better and better as God builds inside of our lives. And then His divine power gives us, the Bible says, His divine power gives to us all things that pertain to living a victorious, godly life. You know what that means? I have no excuse. You know what that means? You have no excuse. That means that it's available for every one of us if we just want it. If we're not living in victory, it's not because God hasn't got it in store for us. It's because we're choosing not to. Because God says, I've got everything that you could ever need that could pertain to life. Everything you could ever need is, but what? Back up. It's in your relationship with me. It's in that faith walk. It's in that trust. It's in that relationship. You see, the reason we go through so many struggles in our lives is because... We're not fully trusting in God. Here's what I've learned. We say we want it. We say that we want the victory. We say that we want to be free. Oh, pastor, if you only knew, oh, I want to be free. I want this. We say it and we've repeated it over and over and over again. It's like when you tell a kid off and they look at you and say, I know, I know, I know. I stop and say, hold on a second. You don't know. Because if you did know, you wouldn't have done it. Come on, how many times when we've been told off or we've been lectured, we turn around and say, I know. Well, you know what? If we admit and we know, then we're even dumber than we thought. Because if we know it to be wrong and still doing it, my God, help us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We say we know. We say we want victory. We say we want God to break these strongholds and these struggles in our lives. But you know what? The actions and the choices and the decisions of our lives prove that we want otherwise. It's like the pastor who went to pray for a lady And the lady stopped the pastor mid-prayer and said, no, pastor, don't pray that God would take that. I can live with that because that would get me social security. I won't have to work for the rest of my life. Don't pray for that. Just take away the other stuff. And the pastor looked at her and said, I'm either praying for God to do it all or I'm praying that God won't do it at all. What's your choice? And he walked out of that place. 
Just read a book the other day, Smith Wigglesworth walked to a lady's house with this pastor. This pastor asked him to come and pray for this lady. She was a very wealthy lady, one of the head people in their church. Smith Wigglesworth walked into her bedroom with the pastor. He looked at her laying in the bed and all her medicines on her bedside cabinet. And he said, see you later, I'm going out to the car. The pastor said, what do you mean? He said, she's not ready to be healed and until she's ready, I'm not going to pray for her. The pastor came out to the car about 20, 30 minutes later and he was very offended. He said, do you know what you just did? You just offended the, the biggest giver in our church. And Smith Wigglesworth said, well, I'm sorry if I offended her. He says, I'm not wasting my time on people who don't want to be free in their lives. That night as he was preaching a message, that lady walked to the front and she came to the front and she looked at Smith Wigglesworth and she said, I'm ready now to be healed. And God healed her body. She said, after you left... Come on, that's right. She said, after you left, she said, I began to ask myself. And she said, I realized, she said, I was happy with what was going on because I was getting all the attention and I was getting all the fuss and I was kind of liking it a little bit. And you're right, I didn't want it. But after you left, I began to think about it and thought how foolishness this decision was to want to live like this and to want to be like this. And she said, I began to say, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. Come on, we've got to begin to realize I want to be set free. I want not to be bound any longer. We've got to believe that the Bible says whom the sun sets free includes you and me, that we can be free indeed. You see, we want the parts that suit us, but we don't want to deal with those areas that are going to require us to change or to be inconvenienced. Why? Because we still want control. I've learned this. If you want control of your life, God says, take control. Come on. God says you want you remember that silly bumper sticker they had for so many years. God is my co-pilot. God ain't my co-pilot. You know what a co-pilot does? He just looks pretty until the pilot has to go to the restroom or the pilot's tired and he gets up and he goes and then he turns to his co-pilot and he says, would you just take over for a few moments? Have you thought about that? God's not just wanted to sit there and take over for a few moments in your absence. I don't know about you. I don't want God to be my co-pilot. I I want him to be the pilot and I don't want to even want to be in the cockpit. Let me sit in the back and enjoy the journey and let him take me through. Come on, I don't want to even have my hands near the wheels or the dials because I'm going to mess something up. But you know what? As long as he's piloting my life and as long as he's controlling my life, come on, we're going to make it to the other side. We're going to make it. We may have some rough sailing in the middle, but let me tell you, when Christ is in your vessel and he says we're going to make it to the other side, we're going to make it to the other side. Come on, some of you need to be set free and you're going to see your freedom. You're going to see your liberty. You're going to make it to the other side. Why? Because God is able. Man, I feel that tonight. I feel that tonight. God is able to set you free. Some of you have been bound for so long. Bound with such issues. And struggles, just like that lady that was bound for years and years. And the Bible says that the harder she went, the worse she got. The more she searched in the wrong direction, the sicker she got. And one moment she realized Jesus is passing by. She had tried everything else. Why is it we go to everything else before we go to the source? 
Come on, we spend hundreds of dollars seeing psychologists. We spend hundreds of dollars in therapists. We send hundreds of dollars in co-payments on medications. And listen, if you need those things, then we're not denouncing that and that. But you know what? Sometimes I think we place our faith in so many other things than the cross of Jesus Christ. Come on, what if we didn't have those things to turn to? Come on, what if we didn't have those luxuries is what we call them. We call them luxuries and I ask myself, how much of a luxury really is it? What if we didn't have the ability to go to a doctor? And I'm sure a lot of our relationships with God would get a whole lot stronger. And you know what would happen? Our lives would be a whole lot better. A whole lot better. Come on, let's read on verse 3. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4. By which we have been, by which have been given to us <clears throat> exceedingly great and precious promises. My God, he's not only given me divine power, for everything that attains to life, but he has now given me exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you and I may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. New Living Translation says, and by the same mighty power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He has promised that we will escape the decay all around us caused by evil desires. That you and I will share in his divine nature. So because of that awesome promise or those awesome promises of God, we have just read that we can have faith. We can have a relationship with God that can help us to grow stronger and stronger and better and better. Perhaps better said, more and more like him. And as a result of walking in him by faith, the Bible says it's accompanied or we are accompanied with a divine power that can give to us everything and anything that we need that pertains to life. But it doesn't stop there. That divine power walks us in to the awesome promises that God has for every one of us. You know what some of those promises are? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. I shall shall not see the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Can you see the blessings that God has for every one of us? Can you see the life that he has that we can live in? And now let's read again verse 5. But also for this very reason. That's the reason. We needed to know the reason. We needed to know the reason that through faith, come on, I'm going to keep drilling this into you. Through faith, we can have a better and better relationship. That we can become more Christ-like. That his divine power can work into us, giving us everything that pertains to life. And then we will discover the promises and we'll begin to live in the blessings that God has for our lives. And also now for this very reason. That's why the Bible says, give all diligence. Give all diligence. Give all diligence to what? To those things that we just talked about, that the faith of God would work in you, changing you, transforming you, that the power of God would operate in you, revealing unto you those things that pertain to life and the promises of God. Come on, we've got to give all diligence to that. 
That's what we need to strain every nerve to succeed and see in our lives. Giving all diligence, and then it says, add to your faith. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, when's the last time you added to your faith? Come on, when's the last time you added to your faith? I'm not talking about earning salvation. That's not what we're talking about. But when's the last time you added to your faith? When's the last time you added to your life the qualities and tools that God requires each one of us to have in order to live pleasing to Him? What does it say? Add to your faith. You know, every one of us, we want the rewards of heaven. But we choose to still live like hell. Come on, help us, Jesus. We want the rewards, but yet we still want to live like hell. It doesn't happen in that state, and it shouldn't. And you know why it shouldn't? It shouldn't happen like that. So many people have said, well, pastor, because I prayed, and I asked God to help. It should happen. He should give me what I want. I think prayer sometimes, and listen to me, and listen to me good. I think prayer sometimes can be the biggest cop out that we turn to. What are you saying, Pastor? You don't believe in prayer? Oh, I believe in prayer wholeheartedly. I pray every day and I believe in it and I preach that we should pray. But you know what? So many people pray at the expense of being willing to do anything. Did you catch that? Some people just pray and say, well, when it's God's will, he'll take care of it. And they just go on living their merry, sweet way. And they wonder why they're on a crash course to hell. But they prayed about it. They had faith about it. That's why people say to me, well, I'm praying about it, Pastor. I say to him, well, are you praying yes or are you praying no? I want to know which way you're praying. Come on. Has you ever asked someone, well, are you coming? Well, Pastor, I'm praying about it. Well, are you praying for yes or are you praying for no? I need to know here. Well, I'm just praying about it. No, you're not. You're just buying time as an excuse. Come on. Come on. It's a cop-out. It's an excuse. We use prayer as an excuse. Where Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that's available to us. But yet we use it. Well, I prayed. And God said he would give it to me. You know what? If you want to live like you think you should live and believe that God should give it to you because you prayed and because you petitioned and because you paid your tithes and because you asked him again, then you need to read God's word again. Come on, don't shout me down tonight. I mean, just because you want to live however you want, but you've taken it to the Lord and you've prayed and you've paid your tithes and you've said, God, you're going to help me. Listen, if you think God's going to work like that, you need to go back and read his word again. You need to read his word again. Because God's word clearly tells us, I'll help those who help themselves. Come on, God's not going to bless that which is sin. Come on now. Come on, I'm preaching louder than you're shouting tonight. If you can't say amen, just say ow, say something. Come on, God cannot reward and God cannot bless that which is sin. He can't do that. He's incapable of doing that. It's against his nature. It's against who he is. Well, he'll just give it to me because the Bible says he'll give it to me. No, God says he'll give it to those who are good stewards with that which they already have. God's not going to give you more unless you can handle what you've already got. And everyone said, Amen. You better start agreeing with me because this is God's word. This is not my words. If you want to choose to live the way you want and keep praying, then you keep praying. But you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. 
Because you know what? The Bible says when we pray, we've got to pray his will. We've got to pray according to his word. We've got to pray according to what he desires for our lives. Because you know what? The Bible says that he will give me the desires of my heart. Doesn't mean, hey, I want a Porsche 911 Carrera. Make it red, God, and I'll take it. Thank you very much. That's not praying my desires of my heart. That's coming so in tune with God that his desires become my desires. And therefore, I desire the things that he wants. That I want what he wants. How often... Do we ask God for something or to do something even in our lives that we already have been given by him the means and the ability to do it? Well, I'm just waiting on God and he's going to come. God's already given us the means. God's given us common sense. God's given us strength. God's given us the abilities to be able to do it. Nancy gave me something the other day and I think it is so true. It says this, don't ask the Lord to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet. Come on now, we're preaching tonight. We're getting down to some issues tonight. We're we're stirring up the nest a little bit. We're making you uncomfortable because we're tired. Because you know what? God never destined for you to live in a nest. God destined for you to soar on wings as eagles. I was just reading a story today about someone that went out into the wild and they found an eagle's egg. And they found it and there was nothing else around and they took that egg home. They didn't know what to do with it, but they had some chickens in their yard. So what they did was they took that egg and they put it in a chicken nest and the chicken sat on it and kept it warm. And we know what happened. That egg hatched. But that egg didn't just hatch alone. It hatched with some other little chicks. So what did that eagle begin to do? That eagle began to strut around the farmyard just like a chicken. And it began to peck just like a chicken, but it realized it was a little bit different. But it looked around and all it could see was people clucking and making a noise and just pecking on the ground. But you see, one day that eagle had a change of its world. Because one day while it was out in the farmyard, just clucking and carrying on, looking like an awkward big chicken, it looked up to the sky and it saw an eagle flying. It looked at that eagle and it looked at the chickens. It looked at the eagle and looked at the chickens. And it realized something at that moment. He wasn't destined to cluck and just to pick corn. He was destined to soar and to climb. It's time that we stop clucking around the chicken field. It's time that we stop making all that squawking and noise and just pecking when we realize God's given us places that we can soar. With his divine power, he has given us everything that pertains to life. It's available to every one of us. Don't ask the Lord to guide your footsteps if you're unwilling to move your feet. So verse 5, you forgot, you thought I forgot where we were at. Almost did. So he says, add to your faith. Add to your faith, give all diligence for this reason, give all diligence. Well, we know the reason, so we've got to give all diligence to it. So he says, now add to your faith. And he gives us a list. Look what he says, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Add to your faith virtue knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. 
For if these things, what things? What things? Those things we talked reason of, but if we give diligence and if we add, if we do these things, for if these things are yours, not your neighbors, not your parents, not other people, not the pastors. Well, as long as the pastor's preaching a good message, then he'll scare scare hell out of me for a few days. Come on, God wants it to live inside of you. Come on, God wants it to be alive inside of you. Come on, say with me, those issues, they're going to have to go. Come on, they're going to have to go because there's something greater that wants to live inside of me. Come on, there's a greater power that wants to be a part of me. There's a greater work that God has for me. And I'm tired of being held down. I'm tired of being limited in my life. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. For if these things are yours, and notice what the Bible says, they're not yours, they're just, they will abound. What does that mean? That they're going to increase in you. That these things will increase in you. You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, you're not going to be barren. You're not going to be unfruitful. You see, issues will cause you to be bound. Issues will cause you to be unfruitful, unproductive, not able to reproduce what God wants to birth inside of you. Notice what it says in verse 9. For he who lacks these things, what things? You know, those God-given ingredients that we can call them. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. And he has forgotten that he was even cleansed from his old sins. How sad to be in a place that we don't even realize and acknowledge the redemption of God. How sad to find ourselves in a place that we no longer even consider the fact that we're forgiven by God. That we're not living that way because we're turning, we're blinded to those things. We're not even looking to them. Come on. We've forgotten that we were even cleansed from our old sins. The New Living Translation said that they have already forgotten that God has cleansed them from their old life of sin. But notice what it says again in verse 10. Therefore, therefore, be even more diligent. Come on, say it with me. Be even more diligent. Come on, that means I'm going to work the harder. I'm going to push the faster. I'm going to dig the deeper. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. New Living Translation says you will never fall away. Tonight, I'm just laying the groundwork for what we're going to be dealing with over this next month. But if you're taking notes tonight, and I believe you need to take notes in the house of God, you need to realize this tonight and write this down. His ability is far greater than our desire. His ability is far greater than your desire. You see, we desire God's But yet his ability to work in us is so much greater than even our desire. Because no matter how much we desire, he is above and beyond that. What about this one? His ableness far exceeds our willingness. 
His ableness or His ability is greater than our desire. And His ableness is far exceeds our willingness. Those issues that we live with, they are our choice. Those internal battles have already been won for us. That you and I don't have to fall victim to them. But here's the question tonight. Are you really a victim? Or are you a volunteer? Come on, I want that to sink real deep tonight. Are you really a victim to these things or are you a volunteer? Because you know what a volunteer does? They volunteer. No one forces them. They willingly say, I'll do that. I'll go there. I'll be that. So are we a victim like we think we are or are we a volunteer because we've volunteered ourselves to those things? Please understand me tonight. I'm not trying to be unsympathetic to the issues we face. Because I know issues are real because I face them. I know issues are very real. And I know that issues are there. They're not just figments of our imagination. They're real. They're principalities. They're powers. They're things that we face in our lives. So I'm not trying to be unsympathetic and say, oh, just get over it. But what I am trying to show you tonight is you and I can have the victory over them if we so choose. Why? Because he said that you and I can have the victory. He said that we can live free. Insecurities, we all have them. But you know what? We can learn to isolate them. We can refuse to allow them to control us. Unforgiveness. Is really totally our responsibility. It's not up to them to make it right with us, and then we will. Unforgiveness is our requirement to make it right. Purity, or living a life of purity, mentally, physically, spiritually. Defilement, once again, is our choice. We allow those things in which come in to pollute our lives. It starts small, but it always grows. Offense, it's a choice that we make. These issues that we talk about and that are real inside of us, they are decisions and choices that we have allowed to make in our lives. Believe in the lie of Satan. And that's why we're going to talk and realize it's all about me. That there's some things that we need to get right. It's all about me. is really all because of me too. It's all about me. It's really all because of me too. Over the next month, we're going to dig deeper, desiring to see each one of us liberated and set free. I know tonight many, if not all, of us deal with issues. Whether you want to admit it or not, doesn't change the fact that they are present. But there's only one way of deliverance, and that's through the cross. That's because of Jesus Christ. And he can set you free. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. 
But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.